You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to another episode of the Elevator's Cut. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler. And I am your other host, Roger Gaddis. And today, we're going to share a little secret with you guys and gals. What secret is that, Roger? The secret to surviving prosperity. We have we have two working titles. For, by this point, do you know what the title is, right? But we, we don't. don't. So this is good. Yeah, surviving prosperity or why rallies suck <laughs> is is a you know it's funny you know a lot a lot of business things. It's like how to how to stay positive and and in sales and stuff. It's like all you do is get told no. So how do you stay positive and keep being persistent? Which a lot of great great. Uh, benefits to that mentality and everything however today we'd like to look at why a rally would be uh, a terrible thing right apparently it is (laughs) i i don't know if you've been on the tweeters lately but this is it's the worst thing that could happen all year yeah and except for that one thing that happened already (laughs) yeah so uh it's so the surviving prosperity we got from actually a few years back. I, I think it was around the 08 rally, and it few. led into <laughs> the maybe it ago. was maybe it was twelve. There were two there's rallies all the time. I lose track of it, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, one of them, we were doing our farmer meetings, and prices are high. So you do farmer meetings, and of course, <clears throat> it's one of two things, right? It, it's either prices are too low, so everybody's like, when's it? When are we gonna get? some rally tell me when it's going up and so you say all right you know you figure out well here's what you need to be profitable let's get in targets early and maybe we'll hit a rally sometime and you'll be ready for the other side is prices are already phenomenal it's like four hundred dollars an acre profit when you put the numbers in and people are like what's this clown talking about (laughs) who cares you know (laughs) give me my give me my steak now so so you gotta (laughs) you gotta find a way to still be you know i i think the the problem with farm meetings is you're always trying to avoid being condescending, you know, because how many ways can you say, hey, Speak for yourself, old buddy, <laughs> revenues minus costs is profit, right? <laughs> um, and and so anyways, that year we did, we, uh, several of us, uh, we were doing farmer meetings and it, we called them surviving prosperity. That's, that's true. That's incredible on so many levels. And uh, let me tell you guys something that y'all probably don't know. And we're going to do this for the next half hour or so, Roger, on this this your podcast. We do this every podcast episode. <laughs> so, anyway, hey, so another thing I did want to say here at the beginning, at the Elevators Cut on Twitter, come follow us and, you know, chat with us and stuff on there. And, and if whatever podcast format you listen to us on stream uh, stream us on whatever subscribe follow like share us uh give us I, those five I stars wanna, i want to get that in. you know because we always just throw it in at the end when everybody knows oh the episode's over right, and turn right. it off so now you had to listen to it we're again. gonna start randomly sprinkling it in, <clears throat> in different spots we tricked you and so this is one of our methods of surviving prosperity <laughs> but uh, anyways change expectations so here we are roger we're we're uh 
we're in the winter. It's it just ra- it started in the fall and it rallied all fall long and it keeps rallying and it's crazy. Prices just are up forever. Now and let's talk about how terrible that is. China keeps buying stuff. Obviously, the worst. I hear was, we're being robbed. It was the heist of the millennium. I thought being robbed meant you got something taken from you that you weren't compensated for. Well, that's the thing. They started buying it when prices were lower, and now prices are higher. Can you imagine how much money they're making? Has anyone ever heard this before in a grain elevator? Uh, Uh, China's cut. (laughs) The China cut. Maybe that's the title of this episode. I don't know. So, anyways, it's, uh, it's it's been a crazy few months. I mean, obviously... I hear there's even stuff going on outside of the grain business that's exciting, but I I don't keep you know I kind of virtuous that way. I don't really keep up with that stuff. Uh, it's uh you know you got to have virtue in this world, and you also have to signal it. That's right. You got to put them together most times. <clears throat> you, negative virtue signaling is also virtue signaling. It's the best. There's there's nothing. People just assign virtue to whatever it is they do, right? And uh, so there's virtue to keeping up with the news there's virtue to not keeping up with the news or whatever it is you, there's virtue and i love it there's a virtue and yeah we'll just leave it there <laughs> we can cut all this all randy it. randy just loves there's virtue and randy when we go when we go out on these even weird... with gold and jim rickards there's some virtue there <laughs> So, um, yeah, and, and so a little investment advice, you know, for you guys while we're on the subject. I mean, just buy all the things. Two words, water futures. <laughs> this is, a, it's it's hard to know, you know, folks in the grain business know, it's hard to know what the market's going to do. Nobody knows. It Sometimes it rallies, sometimes it drops. You never know uh, anything. It's hard to predict. However... And that's true of any free market. I think it can it can do weird stuff at times. Up and down. Up up down. Sideways, I think you're right. I think you know. you're onto something. It, but in a planned economy, <laughs> it's it's easy to pick winner. It I mean, goes they, down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, anyways, is this an illusion to short fun. selling? I don't know. So um, <clears throat> yeah, get your game stops while you can. Not when you have to. <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, this is fun. Everyone's so I, really enjoying I didn't know I could really right go back in. Can I? You think I could trade in my Sega Genesis for something now? Some Bitcoin or something? I think so. I think it means it's worth a lot of money. That's stonks. <laughs> uh, okay, so back back to the grain. You know, everything's terrible right now. I mean, the we're seeing highs that we haven't seen. Yeah, in, we're talking five dollar corn, my, fourteen dollar. We haven't seen this in in some people's lifetimes. I mean, my four year old. In her lifetime, she has not seen a rally like this. Yeah, it's incredible. So, is it keeping you know, her up at night? It's terrible. Yeah, it's so terrible. She wakes up and anyway, nightmares. And uh, I blame it on the rally, like yeah. everybody else blames everything else. The 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 thing that really you know kind of kicked off this this idea of that we should air our grievances about the rally here was again everything, all bad things stem from social media. We know this. I'll just acknowledge it. And so where this come from was the idea that uh, out in the countryside, uh, grain buyers, elevators out there, uh, forward contracting grain for next year on this rally, uh, specifically next year. Of course, old crop grain had to be sold too. But um, this idea that target orders, firm offers, whatever you want to call them, 
are the worst thing in this business and everybody should avoid them like they were an accumulator from last year or something. They're terrible, right? <laughs> and the thing is, the whole purpose of a target order is to be filled. And then this stupid rally comes along and fills it. Now it's the worst thing ever. Listen, if it's if the point of a target contract is not to be filled, then I think it's called spoofing. And I think the the CFTC the rules against come, spoofing. Yeah, you can't do that. So. That's you just put a disclaimer at the bottom of your target, no spoofing. Yeah. That completely eliminate the cancel of close stuff. <laughs> I mean it's, it's it's good. So what's your take on this? I mean, this is not a new thing a new phenomenon it's it's been a while since we've seen it to this degree every year there's oh my target failed it's terrible what why you know so what do you think lends to this sense of i've reached my goal and it sucks why does that do jason (laughs) well so i was thinking about this the other day and it's you can either when you sell grain you're you only have two options you're either going to sell it too early or too late that's it that's all, that's all you can do because you're not going to hit the high. If you do, you're not going to sell everything there and you wish you would. So, I mean, there's there's just no – if you judge yourself based on, you know, what the market does after I sold or what it did, you know, before I pulled the trigger or whatever, if you're, you can just always be upset, frustrated with yourself, and that's no way to live. It's, that's living like somebody who thinks rallies are terrible. Right, I mean, you don't want to live. It's the you worst. Don't, don't be that guy. You, you're better than that. So, um, anyways, the the over time, it, if the people that sell too early, they sell on target contracts. Right, they sell as mm-hmm. the market's going up, and the reason they put those targets in is because they can make money at those numbers. They're, That's what I would think. They're hoping it's there. So these people are making money now. Sure, did the market go up later, and could they, you know? Could they have sold? Maybe. You know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. You'd buy calls. Yeah. Well, you can, you can, there's lots of other ways to do it. But my point is, sell too early. Over time, the people who sell too early, air quotes, um, do way better than people who sell too late. Some famous person said that besides you. Oh, good. That, that tells me I'm a financial philosopher, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Because most years, you have your the sell too late crowd has one you incur a ton of cost because you know you're holding on to grain forever whatever if whether it's commercially or in your own bins that costs something and then uh, a lot of times they just they give up right and they sell a lot worse of a number and and those, they call that catapulting you know those guys get in a lot of trouble over it. and so so this year you, you hate those guys right and because hey, they waited forever and they sold their beans for fifteen dollars or whatever. Hey, that's it is. not a wait. That's great. Yeah. Well, I know, but the the sell too early crowd is like, you know, getting slam dunked on. They feel like. But here's the here's the deal. The the fifteen dollar bean thing and all that stuff. A lot of those guys, in order to sell fifteen dollar beans, you have to say no to twelve dollar beans. Which is hard to do, and you have to say no to thirteen dollar beans and fourteen dollar beans and fourteen ninety nine even. And if you can say no to all that, guess what? You can probably say no to fifteen dollar beans too. And easily, the, there are people waiting because they think they. What do they think? I don't know. Twenty now, you know. The, Go for it. it. You and know, maybe, whatever it is, it's maybe fine. they'll be. Maybe it'll it'll work. But there's a good chance that 
rally might end one day and they sell it on on the backside. So all those guys feel great, but a lot of them haven't sold anything. And uh, but anyways, I, I it's a funny story today. I wanted to share a customer of ours down in Arkansas, good guy, and uh, he, he was telling me a story. His there are no more beans in Arkansas, right? They they're all sold. They got the can, but oh, it's a sold. Thing. <laughs> no, they they got all sold. Uh, the ones that made it, and they <laughs> they're all sold. They're all gone. You know, cash prices pushing 15 bucks or whatever it is and you know this guy comes in and he's real upset because he sold his at 11 11 50 12 dollars and uh he was happy when he did it he never didn't think he'd be able to sell his beans for that much this year and then they went to 15 he's really really upset so the merchant merchandiser there he said he says to the guy he says you know you think that's bad have you seen what orange juice is doing lately have you seen that and what what the price are doing the guy's like what no you know i don't keep up with the orange juice what do I, what do i care about orange i don't have orange juice to sell i don't care he said well you don't have soybeans either <laughs> <laughs> oh man that, it. that got me um <laughs> but anyway and you know the the on the on the the the, the serious side of things here though the the struggle is real and either end of the spectrum of the price super low super high there's always a really tough, uh, uh, you know, conversation to have with getting grain uh, sold by the farmer or getting it bought from the, the buyer side. And either of these extremes, it's tough for different reasons, but it's still tough. So there, there is a, a growing <clears throat> concern out there of how do you keep the message of proactive selling, proactive marketing, forward contracting by the farm, farmer through the rally because Hey, this thing's going to go on forever, right? Just look at the inversion to next year. We got to, it's, that's got to come up. History says it doesn't have to do that, and it typically doesn't, actually. Uh, but the, the thing is, is having, you know, how do you have that conversation now as an originator, as a buyer, talking with your producers? And let's face it, here we are, the, what are we, the end of January, and the first tranche of really aggressive forward contractors for next year are done. They've done what they're going to do. And they're probably barring some kind of huge, you know, upside here uh, before planting. There's probably not going to be a whole lot more bought until planting. You know, we've seen that huge surge. There's always a first wave. Then it kind of peters out. Then you get to planting time, and the people that are comfortable for contracting then jump in. You know, so there's there's going to be more, but it just seems like you know over the next month or so it might back off a little. But again, even you still got to have those conversations with people. And I think if you had to try to pick an analog year to what's going on price-wise, you could go back and look at 2012. And we, we got into the summer, you know, the July of, of 2012, and we were burning up in the Midwest. And corn for, you know, December of 12 was, I don't know, seven bucks, eight bucks. It was crazy high, whatever it was. Well, the thing was getting people to, to, to sell corn was tough because they were burning up. But uh, getting people to look to contract 2013 or 2014 was tough because at the time, 2013 corn was trading at 50 cent discount to 2012, mm-hmm. and 14 was trading at a buck discount, which still amounted to 650 and 550 corn respectively. And history has proven that in July of 12, that was the high you could have sold for the 12 crop, the 13 crop, and the 14 crop. So the people that waited in 12 and had corn to sell come out smelling like a freaking rose. 
they tried to do that again in 13 and 14, they gave back all those gains. I think by the time harvest of 14 rolled around, the cash price was back to 350 or so. Yeah. So, you know, that that's what you use. And beans did the same thing that year. There were bigger bigger dollar amounts in between the crops, but that's that's still the thing and it's it's a it's a delivery period thing. If you had new crop beans to sell today, well then you could sell $15 beans new crop today, but you don't. You won't have them until October, November. Uh, so don't let the difference of the inversion uh, dissuade you from taking a good price off the table. History says once uh, highs have been established for the current year, there's a good chance the highs in the following years are too. Now again, anything could happen, weather and other junk could come up and prove me a liar. Uh, but until that happens, I'm going to say I'm right. Yeah, and that's that's a big way of how you do survive prosperity, if you will. Is it's it, so tough. Is a ri- rising tide lifts all ships, you know. It's like inflation. It's, it's screaming up. It's screaming up right now. The the market and and it brings those other markets up. Yeah, and, and the people that can be disciplined enough to sell. You know, I was in Illinois last week, and it's like, hey, my spot bid's over five bucks, and new crops 422 like why would i want to i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. sell that but like you said most years like this that ends up being a great sale so so if you can be disciplined enough to to recognize that and sell those sell those numbers during this rally even though even though they're they're worse than the spot bid most of the time you're going to come out so that's a that's a that's a thing why rallies suck or whatever you want to say that's a that's a thing that that um, that people get themselves into is not selling it because of that, because there is an inverse mold the new. But yeah. but I'm tell I'm here to tell you those are the guys that work out. And the other thing is, and we won't dig too deep into this, but from the merchandising standpoint, and I guess farmers that hedge uh, in their own accounts, it's that inverse can be a temptation to be hedged in the wrong month. And even the guys in the South, Sep Deese right now is inverted pretty big. Yeah, 25 and cents or if so. you're, you just may normally bid versus Sep anyway. So this year you may need to be bid versus Deese um, or at least try to, to manage Lower your that. basis by the spread the best yeah. you can. Yeah. So, Which is tough to do because your competitors need to be doing yeah. it too. But. So there's a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of dynamics. But I'd, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to our old episode on that. We don't want to get too bogged down in that now. But – but that is that's another thing that comes about in uh, in years like this. Mm-hmm. Another thing that happens is going forward the next few years. Right, we just came we came through this year where everyone was bailing by about August. Look to have a decent crop. Prices are low. They're never going to come back. Blah blah. And a bunch of people gave up and sold just a couple weeks before the rally started. And it hasn't. It still hasn't stopped rallying. And it's gone, you know, a bunch, and and everybody's kicking themselves, and and you always try to manage the year, you know, like you should have managed last year, mm-hmm. and that so these these Recency big rallies bias. have yeah they have long tails, and I'd say, uh, I don't know, it's a cyclical business, right? We have every once every every so many years we have a nice rally year, and what you can't do is let just because you missed out on the last bit of that rally uh, or large bit of that rally ruin how you do, because most years are not going to be like this. It, it always feels like when you're in it, well, this is the new plateau, the new frontier, the new whatever it is you want to call it. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's not, you know, so, uh, so don't switch up your, your whole 
marketing program just because how you should have done yeah, this year. Take advantage of the rally. Like I said, if it's if this one holds like the last one held, and the highs that we may see this season, spring, summer, whatever, we got a lot of time before new crop. Golly, I bet you not only will twenty one be nice, twenty two it's going to be some good prices, probably twenty three, and no one's going to go nuts out there booking a bunch of those two and three years out but man you could certainly start and you know it doesn't take much at a high price to to really uh, you know anchor that that higher average on things and and again it's just using whatever you're comfortable with and and trying to use the count and again the message doesn't change use the calendar and your comfort level what you want to have sold by harvest regardless of what delivery period it's for and get it done and you know um when it comes to the 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 merchandiser side in years like this the big rallies we usually see the the rally is probably because of a supply issue and so spreads flatten out in a rally or invert which they have to a big degree especially once we get off the march here for both commodities uh, corn and beans and for the merchandiser you got to be looking at what the expectations are because if the market structure has changed to where it's not paying you anything to carry that doesn't mean you shouldn't carry on an, in and of itself. Maybe bases will make it up. But if you're already at the top 5% range of what basis usually gets to or has been this year, which bases got high early and it stayed there, is it really worthwhile to keep fighting the, the inversion for a gain? You know, again, if you look at beans, like, what, July, Nove is over 2 bucks or something. Do you think basis is going to improve by more than two bucks this summer for you to carry beads out there? I mean, anything's possible, I guess, but that seems like a, a tall order. So, and, and you know, overall basis gain. You know, obviously you can have a two dollar over Nove, but if there was a three dollar inverse from the July, that's yeah. not any better. Than you could have sold small overs the July for so. So this this affects everybody, and you know the prosperity is hard to survive, no matter what side of the bush you're on. Yeah, except and, for the truck drivers, it's fine. <laughs> uh, and uh, and the bathrooms they use, but anyways, they never survive. <laughs> they never. Uh, okay. Um, no, that's that's the other thing is is the stressed credit lines we see at at grain elevators. It's it's been it's been a tougher year in. In trying to trying to manage that because yeah you say all right well there's no carry so they you need to sell earlier well that's great and maybe they do but you know we've talked to several guys they've maxed out their logistical capacity of what they can ship from now you know and have ever since but they still have more to ship and so they're staring down the barrel of these flat and inverted markets Mm -hmm. and uh, and trying to handle that but then also every single day the markets up (laughs) bunch of and and they got they got margin calls every day so they're trying to weather that storm and everything it's it's not um i know the sometimes the mentality of the farmer can be they're frustrated because they sold their corn at 412 Mm -hmm. and now it's 512 or whatever it is and they feel like somebody else benefited from that and uh and, and and maybe they did. maybe it was China uh, grain heisting us, <laughs> but uh, but I can tell you who it wasn't, and it wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't a grain elevator. They wish the market uh, wouldn't have rallied after you sold it because they are paying mm-hmm. margin calls through the nose. And and now <clears throat> the unique thing about this year versus other years, uh, 
other mainly '08 kind of unique is is when the market is rallying, but um, but it's it's on your inventory, right? So mm-hmm. that banks understand that. Hey, my inventory is worth this, and it, what what banks have a hard time loaning on for the elevator is I got all these forward contracts mm-hmm. and they're underwater by a bunch. And banks are like, "You sure they're still going to deliver?" It's like, "Yeah, I know. I've been I've known this guy for years. You know, he'll do it." And uh, that sort of thing, you, your counterparty risk stuff that they're mm-hmm. uh, that you have a bunch of margin money wrapped up in. That's when it. That's what because you can't just sell that stuff and get paid for that corn. Yeah, you can sell it and price it, but you're not going to get paid for it. Yeah, probably you can't get paid for it until delivery happens and stuff. So unless you negotiate prepay, so it's it's got to be grown. It's got to be lots of stuff. So there's a there's a tough dynamic there. But like I said, we don't really have it this year. Um, so far, so far to. I mean, there are def, there has definitely been some new crop selling. There's been a chunk mm-hmm. of some new crop mm-hmm. selling. Uh, by guys that are disciplined. I know we're out here. Uh, I, I, I talked to grain elevator guys about like, you know, the guys that will sell us inverse stuff we were talking about earlier, they end up doing better and you should be pushing it. Like, yeah, I I know all that's true and I probably should, but, you know, if this thing's going to keep rallying, I don't know how much of a new crop book I really want on. One, because the credit situation is probably the majority of the reason, but yeah. also you're trying to pick um, – your new crop basis number, mm-hmm. and if if you normally bid versus SEP, you hey do I it's, bid versus SEP and DEES, and you know, <laughs> and the basis is high, and if we're really going to be out by late summer, is the basis going to be real strong? And I, you know, there's all sorts of scenarios uh, you worry about. So so the the grain elevator merchandiser is uh, this is a stressful time for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the so so rallies again. You know, it's obviously tongue-in-cheek this episode of rallies being terrible. We, we all know how rallies are great. Everyone gets more money, right? Uh, the Secretly, mainly, they're great. Publicly, ma- they're terrible. Mainly the farmers are great. But, yeah, then, uh, <laughs> then you get, like, the, the guy, uh, I think it was a, a farmer that tweeted, and it got huge traction, like, last oh, week or whatever. Because it was like Biden had been in office for two the, the market had rallied for dollars for, you know, months. And... Two the two days since Biden got inaugurated, it was down like you, you know fifty cents or something. I don't know what it was, but uh, it was down. And and this guy writes this tweet up about how farmers just lost all this money because of Joe Biden. And I have farmed this many acres. I lost this many thousands of dollars just because of this. I was like, what's happening? Unrealized and realized. What a lesson. Yeah. Did you know that the. The surviving prosperity for, for elevators, for the merchandisers here is two, twofold. One, uh, spread thing. So, you know, here we are. People didn't either get their spread set ahead of time. Say corn, carry beans, because beans are always kind of iffy. But say corn didn't get what they could back when they had a chance. And now, because it wasn't normal levels, and here we are with nothing, and it's tough because logistics and things. But you can go out next year and look at 21 crop. Dece March, last I looked anyway, which wasn't this morning, but it was paying 100% of interest, you know, roughly 5 or 6 cent carry or something. Is that great? No. Will it work? Absolutely. It would have certainly worked great this year. So anyway, you can go out and get some some pieces of spreads done for next year's crop when they're at levels where you would start, where it starts working. What is working? Well, same thing you tell the farmer, what your break even is. Anything above that starts working. Mm-hmm. Same way to, for carries when you need. Anything above your cost of interest is working. 
So you can go out and take some precautions against this happening next year, and it'll just give you more discipline. The other, the other thing is when you're forward contracting is to try to have self-imposed limits on what you want to be along the basis. Yeah. Really, this, this applies a lot of years on beans, but this year for sure on corn too. It's like, look, if I get 500,000 bushels of new crop corn booked, I need to sell 250 of it and price it that I can price out. One, to lock in a margin, you should be bidding a margin. Two, if you have a big crop, you're going to be turning and burning bushels anyway at harvest that you need to get laid off. And three, you can lay off some of those short futures and give some margin call relief. So those three reasons alone right there ought to be a, a, a good indicator to you know have some self-imposed limits. And everybody's going to be different, but have something so that you can get comfortably. I mean, we're not even to planting season yet. Got a long time until harvest, so you know plan accordingly and try to try to cushion the blows of a prolonged rally if we have it. And if not, so big deal. You sold some grain you're going to have to sell anyway, and you locked a profit on it. Go for it. Just keep on it. That's right. One of the other things that you know surviving prosperity, if we will, is look a lot of businesses. I can speak for sure for elevators, and I'm going to assume that a lot of producers that do, had really good years this last crop year. Good margins. And now, what am I going to do with all this money? Well, we made it past the end of the year, so if you bought stuff, you dodged the tax man, that bullet. But now, holy cow, look at all this money we got. So how do you survive that? This is a burden of cash. You know, how are people, what do you do? Stick it on your mattress? The answer is no. So it's a time, it's going to be a good year to, to add add things. What kind of things? Well, if you're an elevator, you add a 40-bin complex over your truck scales for new loadouts. You you build new space. You you change up your systems, uh, accounting system software in the office. You hire someone else. I mean, yeah, these are all burdens to be sure, but they're, they're good burdens to have. You know, so, you know, the old saying, as the farmer's margins go, so does everybody else's, is holding true this year. So you're going to see an influx of, of CapEx this year, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, in places, which is good. You know, we get, things get sped up, get faster. Last I looked, the the big robo-tank combines that are coming off the assembly lines aren't getting any smaller. So we need bigger pits, faster legs, and more efficient handling systems. And, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, investing in technology, like when we talked to the folks from Bushel, you know, that's going to be a big a big project, I think, for a lot of grain companies this year is making that step to to invest in some of these uh, these new applications that's going to strengthen our relationships and make order flow workflows go smoother in the office. So I'm excited for what, you know, despite the rally, I'm excited for 2021. <laughs> despite the rally. Yeah. If we can just get through it. If we can just manage, we'll, I think it'll be good. That's right. You know, one other thing, Roger, I wanted to bring up, this is a conversation we had uh, a little while ago, is is um, when when we're not in a rally. You know, prices are bad, or, and we're, we're trying to do all these different ways to capture all we can to hope we get through to the rally. You know, eventually we're going to – we're always looking forward to the rally, right? And um, – and so we get all there's all these contracts that we get into to try to get to the rally. And what I was thinking as I sat and thought about it, I'm like all these contracts because everybody's cussing them now, right? Like accumulators, what the crap? I'm min getting max, doubled up for, at a lower rate. Offers. My min max, I yeah, I've maxed out and now I can't participate and blah blah blah. But um, 
there's yeah premium offer you name it and i mean heck even target contracts as we talked about yeah, earlier those simple ones yeah right? um everybody is just hates all the contracts now <laughs> right so so and but the it's point the of them are but the point of them were like to get well because we're hopeful for a rally right and yeah. and so when we when you do legitimately get a rally like a a good big rally like we've seen now i say good but good a big rally air quotes they you know th- it blows these contracts out of the water. You wish you'd never done them, and you hate them. What? The, why is that, Roger? Why do we do these things? One word: humans. Well, you know these contracts. Maybe it's two words: human salesman. Yeah. <laughs> well, the contracts come about, like you said, is because uh, prices are low and nobody wants to sell anything. So they're like, well, what if we did this thing? But only on five percent. <laughs> yeah. Just don't do too much of it. But it's such a good deal. <laughs> Why wouldn't I do more of it? I don't understand. Just a drop of meth, please. <laughs> and anyway, so that that was a, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a strange phenomenon. Yeah, phenomenon. and it's, again, how do you survive all this prosperity? Well, it's not with those contracts, I'll tell you that. Yeah, just remember, I mean, next time we get in a lull for a while and you're like, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to you know, really take advantage of this next rally. If you want to really take advantage of this next rally, you can do it. You better not. Do you know how you protect your downside right now? You sell grain. (laughs) That's That's it. You just forward contracts of grain. Your downside is protected. There you go. (laughs) I mean, but yeah, people want to, and that's the other thing. Hey, we got all this extra money. I'm making way more money than I thought I was going to. Hey, maybe we can do something with the options. Absolutely. How much money do you want to spend, old buddy? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so then you get it, because and that's a conversation I was having. I was looking at new crop like soybean. They're like, hey, you know, I let's sell soybean numbers good, you know, even despite the inverse, but it's so good. What if it keeps rallying? I got some buffer. I'll, I'll, I've heard about these options. How do I do that? Yeah, you can do that <laughs> by eleven months of time. Sure, on uh, on a on a very recently volatile uh, uh, grain that with a high price, you know. So. I think the at the money soybean options were like a dollar a bushel. You're like, wait a second, that doesn't seem like. I'm like, yeah, no, but that's how uh, the econ do. So, but but then you get to the point where, but can't you like sell an option above it too and like cheapen it up? I'm like, yeah, it's a min max, and uh, and then if it ever really rallies, you'll be you'll hate it like everyone hates all the min maxes they've done right now. And you know that's the the, the other thing is why on earth in a rally when rain is made of money and everybody's getting soaked why on earth would you do a contract for new crop grain that caps any upside at all and the whole reason (laughs) that you don't want to sell is because you don't want to cap the upside i don't get it at all if you're gonna do so just do regular minimum price stay in the market contract sell Mm -hmm. grain buy the call boom short date a new crop option whatever buy just the amount of time you need that's great but don't cap your upside in a rally that makes i can't get behind that i don't but i'm not smart so maybe it makes more sense someone could explain to me yeah in in the rallies at the volatility and and things all these options are just gonna cost a lot more money you know so um that's the third leg of, of trying to, to to patch your price together you, you you buy your calls when they're cheap then you sell futures when they're high and then you later sell basis when it's high and you hit the three-way home run a grand slam, if you will. The grand slam of three. You don't need that fourth thing. <laughs> Three-run grand slam. That's all we do, man. Uh, anyway, so 
So that, there's our, our tips, our uh, hot tips, <laughs> if you will. Surviving prosperity from to, the broke pros. <laughs> how to survive these. Uh, that's uh, funny. We could talk about this, yet we've not made more than a $2 bill with this podcast. That's right. So if you need to send us money, you know, just We'll DM help you us. survive this prosperity. You DM us the on burden. Twitter. Uh, do it privately. You know, nobody wants to see you throwing around money publicly Especially on Twitter. the IRS, man. Uh, yeah, they'll they'll come after us like they did GameStop and <laughs> look out. But uh, anyways, we'll we'll get you an address. You can fax us a, a check or or uh, you know Is that how that works. Give us your routing numbers. We'll set you up on ACH and we'll just we'll just draw every month or whatever whatever you want. You know, we're here for you. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevators Cut. Oh.